0: I got a new bike, you guys.
1: You got a new bike? Oh, a new mm-hmm. bike. I just got you deserve a new bike. bike right? How long did you have the previous bike?
0: Well We weren't sure, but it's uh, the bike shop guy said it said nineteen seventy one, which wasn't true. Mm. Uh, maybe the frame piece was made in seventy one, but I didn't I think I got it shortly maybe after we moved to Fort Collins.
2: <laughs> oh expensive. wow. So like maybe 80s
0: the early 80.
1: Yeah, it's definitely older than me because some of my first memories involve that bike.
0: Riding on it? Yeah. Anyway, I got me an old lady bike.
1: Ooh, a beautiful. Mm, what kind, what kind of bike did you get?
0: It's a Raleigh, uh, oh, i Venture have a Raleigh. Two. you have a Raleigh. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have a Raleigh Venture 2. Um, I just and looked it up. It looks it's really a pretty. 21. It's a 21 speed. There it
1: is. So cute. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, that's Thank a good you. color, too. Yeah. Well, It looks, I, I like the fenders. It looks kind of like the New Belgium bike. It do, oh, it mm-hmm. does kind of.
0: Thanks yeah. for saying that. When I, I test rode it, and it was such an improvement from my old one <laughs> that I kind of fell in love. And then they had two colors. One was a lovely, gorgeous, uh, like charcoal gray metallic thing. That was quite beautiful and classy mm-hmm. looking. And then there was this odd red that's not quite red. It's kind <laughs> of a rusty kind of, red. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I found it really distasteful at first and said that I, I thought think it was really hideous. Pretty. I but think it's really pretty. But then when very it actually pretty. came down to choosing one, I decided that the gray one was too conservative.
3: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that I needed something really a little nice.
0: splashier. And then because I got uh fenders and the rack put on. Yeah. And they're black. I think it looks really good.
1: It does. So I, I like love the, the look color. of fenders on a bike. I think that uh-huh. and those in particular are very striking.
0: So there's my bike. I'm proud That's of it. That's great.
1: Did you trade in okay. your old one?
0: They gave me $40 for it.
1: That's great. Oh. I'm sure that some hipster in Fort Collins will be delighted by that <laughs> bike. <laughs> Sorry for my distractedness i'm trying to chase down uh, there's some kind of weird interference on the audio recorder keep, but i think it's just chasing. in my headphones
3: oh did i it,
0: thought you were gonna say just in your head
1: it's just in my head
0: did i do Oh, it?
1: okay that's a good question it's not ha- it, it only i mean it only happens every well it could be your mic cable Maybe. um
4: what does the interference sound like
1: it sounds like um it's 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 definitely interference it's not like rubbing or something it's electrical interference of some kind like
0: hamsters mm. typing
2: yeah like hamsters typing or electric hamsters typing mm.
1: uh like like analog hamsters typing on electric typewriters oh huh. okay okay Um, are we ready to get started? Yeah! Let's do it! I say after having delayed the the recording for a very long time.
3: It's all good.
1: Hello, and welcome to good-looking people in small, clever rooms that utilize every centimeter of available space with mind-boggling efficiency. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with Brianna. Hello. And, as always, we're joined by my mom, Norma.
4: Hi.
1: And by our friend, Vinny. Hi there. Um, w- um <laughs> what do we want to <laughs> talk about?
4: <laughs> well. Oh, you know books yeah
1: the book generally right
4: well it starts with
0: gately don gately again Mm -hmm. right and his struggles with his aa experience and his the faith component
1: specifically yeah and his
0: bewilderment over the cliches that actually end up being like actually kind of true In spite Mm -hmm. of how ridiculous they sound and his questions about how can you, how can it work, which it seems to be doing? How can it work if you don't believe in any
4: of it?
2: Yeah, (laughs) basically. Right. right? Yeah.
4: This is perfect because Norma, you have fed me my revelation that I had during this reading. I didn't expect it to come so soon, but here we are. Oh Oh boy. (laughs) Oh, good. So the cliches in AA make me wonder if Alcoholics Anonymous serves as Polonius from Hamlet.
2: Okay, thank God. (laughs) There.
4: Because Polonius has this whole big speech where he's giving advice to his son, and um, it's all of this really, really cliched advice and like, Uh, Neither a borrower nor a lender be, and uh, give every man your ear, but few your voice. And um, it also has uh, this above all to thine own self be true, which gets uh, quoted by eighth grade graduations everywhere. (laughs) And um, I find it really funny because Polonius is this really kind of goofy character. And yet he has this like, yeah, yeah, okay, dad, advice that Laertes is getting, um, but it's also some advice that could turn out to be true, kind of like those cliches in AA.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: And that was my revelation this morning. Funny you should bring up Hamlet again because
0: I watched the puppet <coughs> show on Facebook.
2: Oh yeah, exactly.
0: Which caused me to say once again, which I've said 25 times, I need to read Hamlet again. I can't remember. I can't remember it. And so although Mm -hmm. I did not read it, I did look up its plot again.
3: Mm
4: So I, I know Polonius. (laughs)
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I
4: will link the uh, the YouTube video of paper bag puppets from that scene because I looked up a couple of um, Poloniuses on YouTube and uh, Ian Holm plays uh, Polonius in Mel Gibson's Hamlet and uh, Bill Murray plays Polonius in Ethan Hawke's. Hamlet, mm. um, an
1: excellent, excellent Polonius. I haven't yes. seen the Mel Gibson one. I, 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 I would imagine that Ian Holm would do a great job. He was, still yeah. was great spectacular. Spectacular.
4: Um, so I'm going to link all of those because I had a Polonius fest this morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but by far, the paper bag puppets that I found from those students, 2020s paper bag Hamlet. Everybody should watch it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. It also kind of makes one think of Mario's film,
0: too. Yes.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: The puppets, to me, looked like kind of how I imagined his. Mm -hmm. His were probably a little more. Well, his aren't paper bags or sock
1: puppets. They're like. They're uh, popsicles. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're just like we're kind of diving in deeper to this thing that Gately has already talked about before, that he doesn't really get the higher power. I think.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I came away with, again, which I've I've thought about, is that Gately is really putting a lot of thought and energy into his recovery.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, he really,
0: he spends a lot of time in his self-reflection, a lot of time. And I wondered kind of if that's a typical reaction to being part of AA for those who actually succeed in ditching their habit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or, I mean, he talks about how, how there are people in these meetings who were raised with a like fire and brimstone notion of, of God and right. how AA brings them to a, a, an understanding of a different kind of God that's more forgiving right. and loving, which is like, I mean, that's clearly a certain sort of spiritual unlocking or revelation or something, but very different from his. Right. Which is, it sounds more frustrating. <laughs>
0: Mm. right i also like i wrote a quote i copied out a quote from i don't know which page it's on i guess 446 uh where it's talking about the cliches again and it said uh, it starts to turn out that the vapider, the aa cliche the sharper the canines of the real truth it covers
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: cliches it's kind of the truth of it's kind of true of many cliches yeah as Brianna was noting.
1: That kind of reminds me of that thing that some of the white flaggers uh, prefer to say, don't worry about getting in touch with your feelings. They'll get in touch with you. Mm (laughs) Right. Right.
0: The other thing that struck me in this part, I mean, we hear more about Don Gately and A.A. and and everything later on in our reading. But we also learn a little bit about his own personal history.
3: And mm-hmm. the sad
0: and sorry story of his family and his, his alcoholic his mother, yeah. mother, and that he started drinking her vodka when he was a little kid, like ten or eleven.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I thought, that's that's awful, and it's such a vivid memory too, and really yeah. like deeply poignant.
0: I mean, it's true of kids who live with parents who are substance abusers, or who are child abusers, or you know, any any number of really serious problems that parents have that keep them from being able to parent their kids, it struck me just the tenderness of kids who are caring for their alcoholic and sick parents.
1: Yeah. Although although, they
0: cover for them and they they get it that it's not right, but still, over and over, in spite of the hellish childhood they have, they really tend to stick up for their parents and like to... mm -hmm. Like Don Gately did things to to try to, you know, take care of her, which he shouldn't have had to do as a little boy.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Although it does say that he he realizes now that his intentions weren't entirely selfless and that like but like he he leaves her that little bit of vodka to have in the morning uh, to kind of take the edge off her hangover. But he knows now that one of the reasons he does that is that if he if he doesn't do that, then she stays on the couch all day and doesn't go get more vodka.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Although in his little kid defense, he says that that was self-serving. And and yes, he it got vodka into the house. But what happens to her if she doesn't have her vodka? Right. You know, that's not good for him as a little kid either. Right. Mm-hmm. So unless she's actually quitting. And yeah, you know, but.
1: There's a mention here of uh is, is first introduced as the one about the fish, this little kind of joke story thing that Bob Death, the biker, tells to Gately, presumably in germane to his frustrations mm-hmm. about faith. This wise old whiskery fish swims up to three young fish and goes, Morning boys, how's the water? and swims away. And the three young fish watch him swim away and look at each other and go, What the fuck is water? Yeah. <laughs> So this is interesting because uh, I think that one of the ways that, like, the average American might be aware of David Foster Wallace is in his college commencement address that he gave sometime in the early 2000s. It was
4: 2005 at Kenyon College.
1: 2005 at Kenyon College called This Is Water. That's about this very anecdote. I saw it a while. We'll we'll link to it. I I watched it years ago, I think. And it was also... It's it's published as one of those it's like oh the places you'll go or something. It's one of those traditional books that's given to college graduates right. as a as a gift. I think it really is not much more complicated than the story as it's presented here that like we kind of take our, our circumstances for granted and, and we maybe don't like we're so inured to the world the way it is that we don't think about those conditions. Well in a broader I just sense. looked up
0: I was looking up to get the right wording of this scripture passage. Uh, And now I see that it actually originally sort of came, it says one verse from the same famous opening invocation to Zeus became even more famous because it was quoted in the New Testament. The For in Mm. him we live and move and have our being. Mm. That idea that this whatever you would say is your higher power, that it's not like you're here and the higher power is there. It's like you live Within it. hmm Right? So which would yeah. be like the fish in the water.
1: Right. Right.
0: Gun um, Gately's a complicated guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we go for does anyone else have anything about this chapter or should we go on just to that, the...
0: Just that it's it's a little disorienting again because it's all so linear in the telling. <laughs> in this. Yeah. You know? It was all one thing. It's a mm-hmm. whole how many pages? Like eight, maybe whole well, yeah. pages that was like fairly straightforward.
1: Mm-hmm. I really think that, like the the further into this book that we get, the more I think that the um like the expositional plotting of the or or structure of the book is a lot more straightforward than I tend to remember it being. Like, th- there are moments when it gets a little out there, and and the the timeline starts to become confusing. But a lot of it really is just like. You know, people remembering their childhoods, and so, so yeah. is
0: that? Has it gotten more that way as we've gone through the book? Because at the beginning, it felt yeah. like it was constantly jumping,
1: I th- from yeah, this I th- person I think to so. that
0: person, and this situation to that situation. And I
1: think that at the beginning of the book, it's trying really hard to establish all of these different parallel threads, and now that <laughs> we kind, now that we're more familiar with who these people are and kind of where where their story fits contextually amongst the other story threads, it's a lot easier to follow. But
0: so you also, don't think that it's, you don't think that it's so much the way it's written as just the fact that we are a little less bewildered.
1: Maybe. Although the more I think about this, like also there's all this stuff with like um, kind of close narration on Erdetti and the other people who wind up at Enid House, uh, yours truly. And, and those other folks that, that does happen. It seems like pretty early in the book. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, we've kind of stopped hearing from those people or at least hearing from close narration of those people's right. experiences. Like we, now we right. know They're about your daddy because because Gately knows her daddy.
4: But um, I also think that Norma has a point that it's because we're this far in we're we are those young fish and we don't <laughs> realize that this
1: is water. Yeah, I think that's true.
4: <gasps> Bam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, should we should we move on to the next chapter?
4: <laughs> I also just wanted to mention the capital N nothing that shows up on 443 and then 447 uh, reminded me a lot of the never-ending story mm. and that's entirely mm. possible because we watched the never-ending story 2 recently which was a mistake.
1: It's a very <laughs> subpar movie.
4: But mm. uh, Feeling capital N nothing, not nothing, but nothing, an edgeless blankness that somehow feels worse than the sort of unconsidered atheism he came in with, uh, Mm -hmm. feels very much like the never ending story, nothing that eats up everything in Fantasia.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And that's all I had
4: to say Mm -hmm. about that.
1: Interesting Mm -hmm. fact, never ending story part two directed by George Miller, who also directed all the Mad Max movies. Yeah. And happy feet. That seems so
0: unlikely. All that Mm -hmm. seems unlikely. Sorry.
1: So then we get to this very short chapter in which Hal has a bad dream about teeth. Yep.
2: Oh, it was Um, awful.
1: Oh, boy, Those of us who
0: have had any trouble with our teeth.
2: Those of us who are also just terrified of having trouble with teeth. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. right,
0: right. Those of us who have had trouble and those of us who are terrified at the thought of having bad trouble Mm
1: -hmm. that said is it like i i I was curious whether this would have seemed as i don't know it felt kind of predictable to me that Hal would have a a a bad teeth dream like this he
0: probably i'm wondering i'm wondering whether
1: that's just a contribution to the uh, the cultural zeitgeist that we're all aware of now that the internet exists that like Teeth nightmares are one of the most common kinds of nightmares.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they they are?
0: Really? Yeah. I don't have.
2: Yeah, tooth. and it's like a... I don't have tooth
0: nightmares.
2: Neither do I. Yeah.
4: I have. I don't have.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Oh.
4: Are they terrifying? They're just very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely yeah. had similar dreams to the one described by Hal. Hmm. It's
1: enough of. It seems like it's enough of a common knowledge thing that like there's jokes. There's that joke about teeth nightmares in Inside Out, um, mm-hmm. where <laughs> the the people who are doing who are making the dream are like just dropping teeth in front of the camera. Oh, and then it's also in this chapter that we learn that uh, Madame Psychosis Ma- is indeed off the air, and that Mario's um, very Mario. agitated about this Mario, in a way yeah. that he he isn't. Ever really agitated right. about they things? They say
0: they say something like Mario
1: was usually Mario next to was impossible usual, to usually agitate. Next to,
0: yeah, next to impossible to agitate, mm-hmm. and he's so agitated that he's been sleeping at the mom's house uh, on an air mattress, listening to the radio.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just like this static semi music type thing. Well, it, at
1: first, it's one of the like the the grad assistant is she is calls filling herself in
0: misdiagnosis. Right. misdiagnosis
1: yeah, and then we also we also learn in that end note, I'm curious what you think of this it says at the end that Corbett Thorpe takes Mario to the student union
2: right oh, uh, that's mom, right and
1: mom's and, arra-
0: it said mom's arranged for this visit
1: Yeah. Pre- i i think presumably because she's alarmed by how agitated he is or or like how okay single minded he is Although but, but why it also would says. She- uh, they talk to someone who who shows them the screen. And the end of this end note says yes, Mario yes, hadn't yes, had yes. any idea that Madame Psychosis had used a screen on air. Right. That's when he'd gotten agitated. Right. Mm. Right. So what's that about? Right. I don't know. Yeah. So it's
4: like... When uh, you say screen, you mean like screen between her and the yeah, recording? Yeah, like it's like
1: that three-piece folding screen.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. And he got very upset by that.
1: I have a theory. Okay. Maybe, maybe this is obvious to others. I don't know. My theory is that Mario has just put together the pieces of like, he, he knew her voice sounded familiar. And now he knows that oh, she was hiding her face. And that's enough oh, for him to know that, that Madame Psychosis is? is Joelle. And that's yeah, one of indeed. his reasons for being agitated.
0: The other thing it said that really agitated him was that they were airing just me- the music, right? Instead oh God. of any spoken.
1: Yeah, I think stuff that comes up later, and, and I think it's—I think it and, might be Hal's perspective talking about that.
0: Well, but it's yes, sort of, it momentumless
4: be, music as subject instead of an environment is somehow right. terribly disturbing. Yeah. Right. Right. Was that To Mario? Disturbing To Mario? No. Hal listened to a few minutes of the stuff and told his brother it sounded like somebody's mind coming apart right before your ears. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, which right. reminded me of Madness and Hamlet.
1: Oh no! Oh no! Wait. <laughs> there. <That> cool. <curl. laughs>
4: it's a very far-off storm. The thunder comes way after little, the lightning. A little after the mm. lightning. So we think that Mario's
0: agitation is his growing concern when Madame Psychosis disappeared from the air. But before he went to the studio, apparently, so think, right? I he was maybe already disturbed before he like went he to was, the studio was... because that's why moms arranged for them to go mm-hmm. to the studio. Had he already been, I mean, why was he so upset? I know he always listened to her and she seemed vaguely familiar. So had he already sort of decided that maybe it was
3: Joelle?
1: Well, no, I think he was was troubled because he's a fan of Madame Psychosis. And then they went to the studio and that's when he realized who she really is. That's my read of it.
0: I can't remember. Does does he like Joelle? Does he see her as a she, friend? I
1: remember or it she being didn't that like she him. kind of she kind of didn't really or like she didn't really think about him and she didn't really want to spend time with him. But
2: I suspect yeah they never he, really interacted. That right. he
1: I suspect that he found her interesting and maybe not the reverse. There's there's a picture that I want to share with you. Uh, that's kind of not really relevant, except that this is another mention of the student union that's built to resemble a, a brain.
2: All um, right, yeah. So I
1: I have a picture here that I'm going to paste into the general chat, just as an example of mimetic architecture. I'm very fond of this.
3: Ooh,
1: there's an arch, an Arch Daily or Arc Daily article from. 2017, and the headline is China's new ecology center takes a crabtivating form. Oh, <laughs> buildings yeah. that look like
0: biological, buildings, building
1: vernacular architecture, you could call it, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mimetic architecture.
0: That's really weird. Um, it fun.
1: Weird. Yeah, I I just needed to get that out there. I've been I had that picture sitting in my downloads folder for months now. I think waiting for the 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 architecture to come back into the discussion. <laughs> Next chapter. AM drills. Yeah,
0: I had a question. I guess for Vinny, who has played tennis, are all mm-hmm. these drills like standard drills that you do as a young tennis player, or pretty are these standard? Yeah. Or are they crazy? Is it
2: no? Yeah, they're they're all pretty standard. Um, yeah, yeah. Like reading this chapter it reminded me a lot of like all the times that I'd spend going to tennis camp. It's like mm. that.
1: Did I know that you had so, gone to tennis camp? What what was tennis camp like?
2: Uh, Tennis camp was like, uh, it's like I said, this is a really good explanation of it, except it wouldn't just be like this in the morning. It would be like uh, this for morning and for afternoon. Um, And yeah, that basically, you know, you just spend all day playing tennis and doing tennis drills and uh, Mm. stuff like that. So did you know,
1: like... Did you know people at tennis camp who were, who were like really intense,
2: serious tennis players? No, no. So I went to tennis camp with my family. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We would all go to the tennis camp together and thing. So yeah, you know, I mean, my parents would have their own uh, drills and everything. And then me and my sister would be with the kids and everything. But we didn't know anybody or go to tennis camp. Hmm.
1: So we do have uh, also in this chapter there's a there's a mention of a thing that's only alluded to earlier that C T uh is is thinking about Mario and it says uh oh, that's the so thing the thing it's not entirely impossible he may have fathered. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, is he
0: keeps referring to Mario as it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. which is awful.
0: It is awful.
1: Particularly because Mario's the character I like the most in the book. I
3: know. (laughs)
2: Right, yeah. yeah.
1: But I guess, you know, I don't know. Yeah, if if the goal is to make us hate CT, then then mission accomplished, I guess. I mean, whether
0: or not he's his father, it doesn't really matter. It's just meanness. Because Mario seems to be such a kind, sweet soul.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of hating CT... That very first paragraph uh, is also terribly frustrating and probably accurate to tennis camps and academia in general about basically like they have this quota for how many men should be in there and Mm -hmm. it's much more men Mm -hmm. than women and they can have more students but they want more men. Right.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Which feels like a violation of Title VII but what do I know?
4: Mm Mm-hmm all the way also title 9
1: Oh, is that title yeah, title 9, sorry. Um but that also uh raises a question that I don't know the answer to, which is like ha- how title 9 applies to private uh secondary age tennis academy. <clears> hmm
0: <throat> That's a good question. I is the stick they hold over the head of the the oh, yeah, is stick like, is it funding?
1: Like grant money, like federal they, grant money. If
0: they don't get federal funding, if they yes, don't comply but if, or
4: but if they receive if there's the the anything. trick is that if they receive any federal money, so any even if all. students get federal financial aid, mm-hmm. then they have yeah. to adhere to Title Nine. I mean my first mm. thought was yes, you everybody has to right. adhere to
1: it.
0: Unless they are like an all boys school, that or an, right. or unless
1: unless President Rush Limbaugh dismantled Title IX when he was in office. Yeah.
0: Well, true.
4: There right. Is or if there were there are religious exemptions to
1: Title mm. IX. Well, their religion is clearly tennis. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So there's I mean, it goes into great detail about the um, the exercises that they do, how early in the morning it is, how cold everyone is, how how physically unpleasant this all is.
0: One more comment about CT before we go on to more of the tennis was that he he knows what uh, James Incandenza could not have cared about less.
3: (laughs) The key to the
0: successful administration of a top level junior tennis academy lies in cultivating a kind of reverse Buddhism a state of total worry capitalized yes. total yes. worry now this is
1: this is something that's been mentioned Reverse before in, in talking about like why <laughs> CT uh was was brought on as or or, or like replaced James o is that he feels he feels the reason he replaced James o is because he can achieve this state of total worry
0: total worry right I'm curious so whether that wouldn't have been able to Right. Wouldn't have had time, have had she, time seems, and focus she seems to perfectly do it.
1: capable of achieving total worry. Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah, but she, um, maybe her maybe worry about, is broader.
1: Maybe about her children more than about a tennis academy, though. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it or does, grammar. I, yeah. Grammar. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. She, she spends
0: a lot of time worrying about grammar. So It makes know. me
1: wonder. It, I, I'm distracted. curious. I'm curious what others think of this. The phrase total worry, is that something? Do you think that's a phrase that CT uses to describe his own leadership style? Or is that something that the narrator is ascribing to him?
0: Ooh, I kind of think he sees it that way. Mm. I think that's why he would say that he is actually a more successful administrator of the Tennis Academy because uh, James O didn't worry enough.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: he can come in and do total worry right he's he's better prepared to do <laughs> his it says he knows what he it says charles tavis knows what james incandenza could not have cared about less i think that's one of his he feels like he's highly qualified for the job
2: oh yes for yeah. sure yeah oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think it's something that the narrator is describing to to C T, but I don't think it's something that C T would object to.
1: Okay. Yeah. I could
0: see that, yeah. 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 Maybe he's not self aware enough to to be able to actually say that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If he's if he's I'm if not, he's can, a reverse yeah. Buddhist. If he's a reverse Buddhist, he might not be self aware at
4: all.
1: Other things that come up here, we get a we get another uh mention that ominously JJ Penn is not at uh at uh, warm ups.
4: Right,
1: yeah, um, and there's um, some references to like broken monitor glass and stuff scattered around the courts.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, who was JJ Penn again? He's the one who threw um, the ball,
0: wasn't he? Did he throw the ball?
2: I think he was the no. first one,
1: he was, he was the one to hit at, um, at somebody who was standing off the map while they were negotiating things. Threw The
0: ball at, at what's her name and started the whole,
1: yeah. Was he South okay. Africa? He might have been South Africa. He was the one who everyone pelted with tennis balls. Oh, okay. He was the one
0: whose brother Pemulus hated, wasn't he?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah had a thing okay. about
0: Thanks for bringing that up, Vinny, because what I found myself wondering about, so this is two days after
1: Yeah, this is like after, after the so, weekend.
0: So two days after the Eschaton debacle, but we have not heard of any like repercussions other than some missing players but we haven't right. heard about
1: Hal hasn't uh, faced any how any hasn't consequences. faced anything
0: i mean they seem to be going on well, why about would their he he wasn't part
4: of it
1: they mentioned though there's a there's there's a kind of scathing thing that gets said about Hal later in this i think it's in this chapter
0: at the celebration dinner he was sweating a bit because he was worried about
1: uh, uh, yeah, still, happen, still in this and, chapter, a few pages later, it's talking about a pro-rector serving practice hits to Hal and not wanting to not wanting to push him too hard. And it says, woe to the pro-rector who lets Hal get hurt the way Hal let some of his little buddies, right, get, little hurt buddies get hurt
0: yesterday. Uh, right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I surely if there were repercussions like like some kind of punishment or negative consequences doled out to students. Certainly, those older players that were sitting there watching would not have escaped. Maybe Hal could have because of Mom's position, but certainly they would have hel- been held responsible for something.
4: I don't know. It's kind of like being in the presence of a violation rather than actually perpetrating wasn't the violation. Pemulus, wasn't
0: Pemulus sort of mucking about in it?
1: Well, Pemulus was yeah
4: he was heckling wasn't he he
1: he was telling them that they were making mistakes and then he was like well they they made their own bed let them sleep in it when Mm -hmm. things went (laughs) off the rails Uh, I I mean I think the way that it's talking about Hal's complicity or or Hal's wrongdoing (laughs) here is like he was there It was his little buddies or some of his little buddies on the court, and he kind of just let it happen and didn't try and intervene, which is like, was like a breach of trust or something. I just
0: feel, I just feel like it was such, it was such a massive, it's, I mean, knowing how schools work, it's hard for me to imagine that the whole school wasn't being punished in some way.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. That this could well, happen it, at this whether, point,
0: whether students were there or not, some kind of like we need to make a really strong point. Yeah, that this is um, so beyond what we stand for as a school.
1: Right. God damn it. And the, la- the last we heard <laughs> about this, um, uh, CT hadn't heard about it yet, but we can assume that he knows now.
0: But so that's um, weird, too, because this chapter starts with him sipping his coffee and thinking about one thing and another. But he's he should be brooding about what he's going to do about the eschaton mess.
1: I think it's kind of beneath him. Really. Like, he's thinking about recruitment and, and enrollment but, numbers and stuff. But he says and, he,
0: total worry should include worry about...
1: Yeah, but the total worry is, like, it's about big picture stuff.
0: Yeah, but... But won't it affect recruiting <laughs> students? The fact no, that there no. was this massive...
1: No, I All don't think so. All these
0: serious injuries, parents I, 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 I aren't going to like it. No.
1: Well, yeah, but no. that's I mean,
4: extracurricular injuries, not right. and injuries And They, they, may, the they
1: may lose a couple students, but he's talking about, like, like numbers of a a, a hmm. couple hundred students. This
2: is a school, though. <laughs> like parents like, will like be Surely, upset.
1: surely he, parents he is, will write he is letters. pursuing disciplinary action. I don't think it's something, like, I don't think it's the thing that he's worried about. He's worried about administrative issues. And And what and, about
0: the... What about the person in the car that was watching the whole thing happen? What has come of that? That's been two we days don't know.
1: ago. <laughs> well, it's been, I, it apparently was one day ago. You no, know, it happened on Independence Day. Well, the narration says the thing yeah. about what, what what Hal let, the way Hal let some of his little buddies get hurt yesterday.
2: Yeah, and it also makes reference oh. that um, I Day was yesterday. Oh, yeah, they're feeling oh, sick so because of the November sweets from yesterday. I Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's definitely something that uh, CT is worrying about, but I don't think it's chief among his worries. That's not to say that it shouldn't be chief among his worries, but it's not because I don't think CT necessarily cares about his students. I
1: think think CT has very little regard for any of the ETA students who aren't like top ranked students, Hmm. you know, like like the older, higher ranked students, I'm sure he takes a great interest in. Because those are, like, the visible face of the type of players that ETA produces. hmm But I bet that he thinks of, uh, th- like, the younger students or the lower-ranking students as being kind of, like, the revenue system that allows them to produce the higher-ranked students. Yeah. Oh, gross. hmm
0: I just still can't let go of the idea that if something like that... Think of your high school. Yeah. And think about something like this happening out on the athletic field Mm -hmm. with every student involved in it is a student at your high school. Do you honestly think that the next day you'd come to school and there wouldn't be some massive fallout?
1: I think that everyone at ETA knows there's going to be massive fallout. But I also think that the administration at ETA is waiting until after the Whataburger to put their foot down um, huh. so Maybe. that for instance Hal can can compete without any sort of punitive action weighing him down until afterwards.
0: But the suspense going to stress him out. Suspense the suspense I would think sure, but, would stress like, all of them out. Like right, what's gonna happen? Right, that's, pr- that's why probably part why of hasn't the punishment.
3: Yeah.
1: Like part of but the it punishment will is his play. Yeah, sure. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I I Mm. think so. So a couple things, I think that probably part of the punishment to the student body is that they don't know what the punishment is going to be yet. And it forces them to wonder. Um, And then Mm -hmm. part of it is that uh, most of the administrators at ETA have no empathy for their students and don't realize that it will weigh on them.
4: Mm, I can see that. Or or, don't don't
1: realize that it will affect their play.
2: Yeah. Or, you know, in the case of like the pro rector. I think they must have had similar things like this happen. I mean, not exactly, but, you know, things where the stress got to them and they were worrying and they were in suspense and everything, and that affected them, but they got through it. And so, so can Hal, so can suit us. Does Otis P. Lord still have the monitor on his head? There's a rumor. That's what
4: it looks like. There's a
1: rumor report. Is it reported by Pemulus? Well, I'm not even sure
2: if it's a rumor because. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a rumor. 56, okay. Otis,
4: it's at the oh, very. Oh, Axford. Yeah. Otis, Otis P. Alleged,
2: alleged, alleged to have come back from the emergency
1: room with the monitor still over his head, its removal with all the sharp teeth of broken screens, glass pointing at key parts of Lord's throat. This sounds to me like something that Axford or somebody else made up. okay. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it does say a quarter. Cord-
4: yeah, I would believe it too. <laughs> <laughs> It will require a special doctor who needs to be flown in. hmm Oh, I was also wondering if anybody thought that John Wayne was a robot?
1: Oh, yeah, he certainly seems like it.
4: Just ah. because of how he handles things and he doesn't even, like... Uh, John Wayne's low of 33 occurs on his third star and he stops dead at the finish point and always just stands there, never bending or walking it off.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a... Um, right. One of the more haunting thought experiments in modern philosophy uh, is this idea of a a pea zombie or philosophical zombie, which imagines that there are people in the world who have no inner life, Uh. Um, like that they don't have consciousness uh, and, and we only see them as people because they appear outwardly to be thinking people. Hmm.
4: So you think he's a pea zombie?
1: I think there's, there's maybe an argument for that. Can we know that other people have a consciousness? Um, and, and is it possible that there are some people out there who don't, and we just can't tell?
0: Well, whatever he is, he's a strange guy. He lives just in his physical self, in his physical tennis self. Go play tennis, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
4: Affirmative.
0: What do you do? I play tennis. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: What do you think about tennis?
2: I think I play it. I think I play it.
0: You'd think others would always be targeting him, you know, to try to beat him or to try to catch up with him or, you know, some kind of annoyance by the other players that he's just so good. His cohorts there in his age group, it's not like they want to be him. Nobody, Nobody wishes they could be him, do they? I mean, we haven't heard that they do.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, think so. Think about no. him in such
0: he's just a— Even people ways, like Lamont Chu,
1: who, who right. really wants that success, right. doesn't seem to aspire to be like John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Right,
0: he's like this other thing,
1: <laughs>
0: somehow. <laughs> yeah, a robot? Yeah, like yeah. a robot. Yeah. Like, like, that you wouldn't compare yourself to him because he's a robot and you're not. And so, of course, his tennis play looks different than yours.
4: hmm <laughs> It's good that we're accepting of robots in this bleak future history. Yeah, I mean, are yeah. robots.
2: You know, I, I can see him being a robot. And I can see there being robots just walking around in everyday life in this world.
0: In fact, you know what? It's really funny because for as much pressure as there is on these kids to make it to the show, right? To become mm-hmm. professional Tennis players. There's so much pressure about that. And yet they're not really upset by a John Wayne, who maybe mm-hmm. is a robot. Does he ever lose?
1: Pretty much never, I think. Yeah.
0: So these people that never lose, it's like they, they just sort of, well, we're not competing against them. <laughs> kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, they seem strangely non-competitive. Toward anybody. I mean, none of them have like, when you think about high school age kids, like if you played sports in high school, or if you were even in the band or orchestra, there was a lot of competition to move Mm -hmm. up, you know, move up, uh, move off the the bench and be a starter uh, to move from third uh, clarinet up to first clarinet. And there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of, of that. And while they talk about it, these kids at ETA, they don't I mean like like Hal doesn't have somebody that he thinks about, I wanna I wanna beat him. I wanna be able to beat him. Or you know, they usually you set your goal like who you're gonna beat, but these kids at at ETA don't really have specific
1: well, it seems like that's, that's kind that, of part of part of Stitt's philosophy that right. ETA really hammers into them is that they're competing. They're ultimately competing against their, themselves and their own records. Right. And it's less right. to do with whoever's on the other side of the net.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Now that you mentioned Stitt.
1: Yeah, let's talk is about Shtit. Why
4: so darn yeah. hard to understand? He if also you're... is a pretty good candidate for Polonius.
1: Hmm. Mm. yes
0: <laughs> is always something that is too
1: the other person that Shtit reminds me of is Yoda uh, yes. mm. yeah here yeah. there are no conditions
0: make this second world inside the world yeah. here there, yeah, here there are no conditions
1: uh e- even kind of his grammatical construction, which mm-hmm. i th- I think is a is a product of his accent and his. English not being his first language
2: yeah we also find out here that shit uh, during all of this is in like some giant tower above yeah. the court yeah uh, which is a fun detail
1: yeah and he's just just like sitting up there and all you all, the only reason you know he's there is you see the smoke rings that he's blowing you see
2: the smoke rings Oppa- occasionally you hear him tap his pointer against the loudspeaker mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
4: He's such a weird dude.
2: He Mm -hmm. is a weird
0: dude. What does he mean by occur? Where? He says, move, travel lightly, occur, be here, be here in total.
1: I mean, I think he's talking about being entirely in the present to like Mm -hmm. occur in the present rather than thinking about what just happened or something in the past or...
4: Always thinking to the stars. Never his (laughs) mind on where he is.
1: What he's doing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean it, marry it, me it, okay what,
4: uh, other- <laughs> <laughs> perfect great thanks <laughs> um,
1: yeah I mean it, like I, I kind of agree with the thing that he's saying here he, he's, he says it in a very like uh, enigmatic convoluted. and kind of yeah convoluted way but really he's like I, 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 I like the thing that he's saying about how there's always going to be conditions that make what you're doing more difficult
0: yeah, uh, it's always um, something that is too right, too hot, too mm-hmm. hard, too cold, too
1: right. It kind of reminds me of, of maybe the best lecture that I received as an undergrad art student was uh, right after we uh, did our re- uh, commencement rehearsal march, where we like all the graduating seniors were in this theater, and the the VP of the college. Sat down uh-huh. on the stage and he was like, didn't and we'd always we'd we'd always uh, assume that he was like a very aloof kind. I, I mean, honestly, kind of a CT type person. Uh huh. Mm. Um, and then he, he he talked to us about like because we were graduating in, in 2010, which was like the midst of the recession. Right. Um, mm. And and he said like, man, this is seems like a really really tough time to be to <laughs> to be graduating college with a BFA. uh but but also like you can you can complain about that. And, and, and that's certainly true that this is a tough time to be an artist. But also like every time has been a tough time. There's never been a great time <laughs> right. to be an artist. And there right. have always been conditions that have made life more difficult for artists. And and so one of your challenges as um, as an artist in the world is to to figure out what you're going to do about that. Um,
0: yeah, I, I always like that. It's like the. It's like the anti-commencement speech yeah. where they say, you can do whatever you want. Uh, the world is your oyster. Blah, 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 blah. It's like... Like, no, look, it absolutely is it's not. Always, it's, it's not. It's <laughs> going to be tough. It's tough now. It's generally tough. Uh, yeah. you have to figure it out. Just go and figure it out.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> it is very... Uh, And somehow really uh, uplifting in its downer sort of message.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's ultimately what I take away from Shtit's speech here.
0: Why does Shtit keep referring to uh, how he does it several times, refers to him as our revenant?
1: Well, he's he's called Hal that before. It's because right. Hal has had this, like, amazing...
0: Transformation. Transformational
1: into, improvement in in the rankings.
0: I, I keep mm-hmm. forgetting. Every time I come across it, I think, wait, what does Revenant mean? And so I looked it up again, and the, the definition I found was a person who has returned, especially, yeah. Yeah. supposedly, from the dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. like, the, like mm-hmm. the Leonardo DiCaprio movie.
2: Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, revenants are yeah, basically zombies in a way. Right. Speaking
0: of zombies, mm-hmm. right? So I wondered about that again. Is he just referring to his big uptick in tennis skills, or is something else weird about Hal?
1: No, I don't. I don't think, so. Don't I think, think so. I think I think that shtit only thinks about his, tennis. his tennis. students. Yeah, yeah. as um, tennis I players. I mean, it could
2: yeah. be yeah, foreshadowing. Because we know sure. something happens to Hal. This um, I mean, there,
1: there could be some like dramatic irony or something happening here. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I mean, Shtit is aware does, of any of that.
0: The other thing that he says uh, somewhere is that you have to live inside the lines of the court or oh, mm-hmm. God. you leave and escape into the larger world. You have to decide. Are you going to live within the right. lines or are you going to escape? Go do something else.
1: <laughs> mm hmm
3: but
0: the, the delivering of
4: meals
1: to the court oh right he's talking about his own education
0: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, where they had to stay
0: they left them At gymnasium
1: they this- uh kaiser Slaughter, and where i am privileged boy who whining about cold wind we live inside tennis court for months to learn to live inside very lucky days right. when they bring us meals not possible to cross a line for months of living Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me wonder whether that's true or whether that's a story that he's making up.
0: Yes, that's like we walked ten miles
1: to I had school a, spe-
3: or uphill spe- up Speaking, up speaking again. Ways, again of my I undergrad days,
1: I, I had a professor who um, who was originally from Soviet Poland and uh, uh, did his uh, his undergrad and his master's degree in Soviet, like like communist Polish art schools and used to tell us stories about things that I'm still not sure are whether, they're, whether they're true or not. They have the, just kind of the tinge of credibility to them, but they also seemed so outlandish that it was hard to know.
4: Uh-huh, yeah. Sure. I aspired to that level of enigma. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. That'd be great. I would like to mm-hmm. be that person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Going back to how he's been complaining about his uh, toothache this entire right. time and mm. everything. Yeah, right. he's got
1: a bad tooth.
2: Yeah, and I can't help but feel that a lot of that would go away if he stopped chewing tobacco, which Mm -hmm, we mm, also certainly. Mm -hmm. But, yep, he's still chewing tobacco, which is Mm a horrible thing to do. Just an awful, yeah.
4: But also, also it makes me think about uh, the interview with the admissions folks at the beginning and how Mm -hmm. he can't speak. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. just mouth-related Problems that he's having that could probably be caused by his his childhood,
1: his childhood dry mouth issues.
4: And I ate this.
1: And I ate this. Oh yeah, it all
4: just comes back to mouths.
1: Do you think that David Foster Wallace sees Hal as having some kind of an oral fixation?
2: Uh Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's also. Uh, Well, he doesn't smoke cigarettes. He chews tobacco instead, but he does uh, smoke weed.
0: I don't know what to think of it. (laughs) Why doesn't he get his tooth fixed? Is it because he just has a terrible fear of the dentist? Which I do understand, but...
1: There's no narration that has suggested that.
0: His tooth hurts so bad, and he's having nightmares about teeth. You would think at some point you would say... (gasps)
2: <gasps> yeah. I
0: don't want to go to the dentist, but I can't take it. I got right. to did fixed, ex- And mom medicine. would rush him off to the dentist and he'd get a root canal.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it did mention in that short chapter with the tooth nightmare, who's the dentist? tennis uh, it shot. Or the yeah. shot. Shot, yeah, shot. shot. That Shot is even terrified of Hal's tooth and doesn't, yeah. Um, well, well, Was it's, that it's, in, it's, in the dream Oh, yeah, yeah. That's in the nightmare. Okay.
0: But still, mm-hmm. it's a bad tooth because we mm-hmm. know, I mean, even in his dream, the fact that his friend, his crazed dentist friend wouldn't want to look at it makes you think that it's really, I mean, he notices it all the time.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You would think at the very least, Hal would say, oh, I, you know, it's hard. I, I don't want to go to the dentist. I'm really afraid of the dentist. But... I can't concentrate enough to play a tennis match without Mm -hmm. my mouth
4: hurting, and I'd probably do better if I got it fixed.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but he's also a teenage boy. Mm. And I don't mean to cast aspersions on teenage boys, but... Right. He's really afraid of the dentist, I guess.
0: And he doesn't want to tell anybody. And he lives in the dorm, so his mother doesn't see him holding his jaw Mm-hmm. With his hand mm. all the time or wincing when he's eating all at every meal. Poor Hal. No one wants tooth problems.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we move on to uh back to Don Gately?
0: Yeah. Sure. sure. With the cool car.
1: The cool, yeah, with the cool, the cool car. car. It's, it's like being it strapped into a missile and launched yes. at the site of a domestic errand. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and it seems so weird to me that. So this is a fantastic classic car that has been Mm -hmm. so lovingly restored and it seems so unlikely that Don Gately would get to drive it to the...
1: Right. Well, it even says, like... Again, it's a little unclear who's narrating this, but, like, the the narration even acknowledges that it's probably a really bad idea that Pat lets him drive it.
0: Well, because he he doesn't doesn't have have a a driver's
1: license, right? Right, yeah. Just another thing to feel, like really precarious about with these characters right. like right. inevitably there's gonna, something bad is going to come of this right that that right. don gately's driving this really nice car around without a license
0: right mm-hmm. and so in explaining why it's not really a good idea that he's driving the car then we learn more about uh, what's been happening to him le- with his legal issues we do learn more that he has that he has many, basically as many convictions that require him to meet with public defender and the probation officer and the judge periodically. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's paying, and he's paying restitution.
0: restitution. And then, as Brianna has told me all along, that she didn't think that anyone had figured out that he was involved with the death of a medical attache.
3: Mm-hmm. And it seems that that um, is indeed
0: true, that he has never been implicated, although he uh, spends a lot of time worrying that he will be because not,
4: Well, wait. The medical yeah, attache is the is the entertainment oh, in the nothing, video. Oh yeah,
3: right. right. sorry, not um, him, the
4: other guy. The the Québécois Duplessis. Duplessis.
0: Sorry. Wrong guy. I can't remember yeah. what he yeah, yeah. did. I think he's he like, was, oh, he like he an, an the...
1: accountant or a lawyer or something for the for the AFR. Something he's like so that. Right. Yeah,
4: That's mentioned in this section. Uh, after eight months of indescribable psychic cringing waiting for the legal footwear to drop on the NUC VIP issue right. mm-hmm. toward the end mm-hmm. of his drug use right. um, it just suddenly disappeared. From a sort of investigative right. scene. Right. And he
0: had his friend at the, in the court dig around a little bit and found out that the case had been handed off to the Office of Unspecified Services.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's kind mm. of died a slow death there. Like, it seems that
0: Although, they, have, they have
1: their suspicions that don't involve anyone like don gately and right. that they can't, They, they kind of can't prove anything
0: they think that it's the canadians right or they think that yes somehow but isn't
4: that, that they, looking wasn't at that guy Chihuahua a canadian mm-hmm. so right, they think the canadians killed their one of their own well or he's, he's, he's involved with a fringe
1: insurgency group
4: got it yeah okay. I, the Thank other you. thing
0: though, uh but Gately is constantly he's still worried about it. It's a mm-hmm. maybe a lower grade worry than it was initially, but he mentions that you know, when he went to jail, he was taught how to do this meter shunting thing right um. Uh, by a guy who then got out of, out of jail and went away, and so he wasn't teaching the new rookies how to do it. So mm-hmm. Gately felt like it was a real signature thing that he right. did on all his breaking and entering, that he'd do the meter shunning and, I guess, cut off the alarm, right, that would, mm-hmm. that would keep the alarm from going off. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he thinks that law enforcement would see that as his M.O. and would recognize it. Right. So he lives with a lot of worries. Too. And the mm-hmm. DUI thing, they explained that in Massachusetts, there's a, like your second DUI, or your second time you lose your license, you have to, you're required to do 90 days in jail.
1: Right. And he knows that he's mm-hmm. going to have to do that sooner or later, but, but he, he doesn't seem that worried it. about it.
0: Well, he was though. He was not worried about the jail experience, but he was worried about losing access to daily AA meetings. Oh, He's right. afraid. That he's, right. yeah. And he said that there are plenty of substances that you can acquire in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's afraid that that will destroy him if he has to go back. That's why that's why he doesn't want to be there. He can handle the other inmates, but he's so afraid that he'll have to cut back on his uh, AA meetings to what they're like once a week or something like that.
3: Mm hmm. And
0: he says he'll now go to literally, and then in caps, any lengths to stay clean. He said he will, now, he will now go to literally, like, will he kill to stay clean? What does he mean by that?
1: Based on the following little story about his, his first meeting with Pat and it just sounds like he's absolutely desperate. And that's one of the things that, that she likes, that, that appeals to her about him. The grim honesty about his disinterest and hopelessness was one reason why Pat even let such a clearly bad news specimen into the house on nothing but But a lukewarm referral from the PO.
0: this comment about he would literally go to any lengths to stay clean is is pretty recent. It's when he's there working at Ennet House, I think, because it says Mm -hmm. he tells the newer residents right up front, he'll now go to literally any lengths to stay clean. I thought that was a little ominous. Perhaps I read too much into it.
1: I just think it that speaks that to his. The fact that any length
0: was capitalized.
4: Yeah, I think it speaks to his commitment more than anything else. Mm. But it's or not even commitment, his, but just it, like it, his
1: his conviction that he can't he can't trust himself.
4: But
0: so what happens if he gets caught driving without a license and he gets thrown in jail and. He can't do AA. So what will he do Could be bad. if the, that he's going to be sent? What will he do? Well, I
1: don't know. It's. I mean, Any it's lengths. also like it's not because like regardless of whether he, or not he's driving, whether he gets caught driving now without a license, he has, he has, to has to a previous anyway. infraction right. that he has to right. do ninety days for.
0: Right. But my point is that he believes that if he go, I think that he believes that if he goes to jail, he's going to backslide.
1: I think he's certainly concerned about it.
0: He believes that he can't do it without his daily AA meetings.
1: Right. And so Mm
0: -hmm. if he says that he will go to any lengths to stay sober, then he has to go to any lengths to stay out of jail.
1: I I don't think he's I I disagree that he's contemplating like murdering a bunch of people to stay (laughs) out of prison so that he can stay in AA. That doesn't sound like Don Gately to me.
0: No, but I, I didn't mean that that was what the any lengths would refer to, but I don't know. I, it's just a question. What does he mean by that?
4: And don't we all like the cake mix metaphor? And isn't that
3: the mm. truth in life?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: I would like to do a dramatic reading Ooh. of a cake mix recipe. Oh, good. From Betty Crocker's Yellow Cake Mix. You will need one cup of water, one half cup vegetable oil, and three eggs. Do not eat raw cake batter. Time to bake. One, heat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. If you have a shiny metal or glass pan or 325 degrees Fahrenheit for a dark or nonstick pan, grease bottom only of a 13 by nine inch pan or the bottom and sides of all other pans. Wow, it's pretty complicated. Two, Mm. in a large bowl, beat cake mix, water, oil, and eggs on low speed for 30 seconds, then on medium speed for two minutes, scraping bowl occasionally. Pour into pan. Three, bake as directed in the chart or until a toothpick inserted in the center comes out clean. Cool 10 minutes before removing from pan. Cool completely before frosting.
3: Nice. Excellent. Well,
0: I honestly didn't know that the directions would be so complete. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that they didn't explain what they mean by grease the bottom of the pan.
4: Like, mm. I didn't what? realize you only grease the bottom Yeah, and some why, pans.
0: Why the sides on some pans and not on others? I like the the cake mix metaphor Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's sort of like fake it till you make it, you know, just do it, just go through the motions. Like just, you don't have to understand it. Eventually if you do it enough, maybe you'll even understand it a little bit. Like you (laughs) might understand why you don't grease the sides of the pan. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It all came up with Gately and his, uh, morning and, and evening prayer routine, right? That's
3: mm-hmm. how the
0: cake mix metaphor came up.
1: I have a vocabulary word here. Oh. Um, everything mental for Gately was kind so it's talking about how he doesn't really know what Pat Montesian means when she says that her dog has epilepsy.
3: Right. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Every mental... Mis-
1: Everything mental for Gately was kind of befogged and prone to misprision for well into his first year clean. So I looked this up and there's there's two meanings. The dictionary says both are uncommon. The first meaning is the deliberate concealment of one's knowledge of a treasonable act or a felony. And the second is (laughs) erroneous judgment, especially of the value or identity of something.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a funny word to use. Yeah. Although I got it because he was confusing epilepsy with
1: Epilatory or something apilo- like that.
0: Depilatory. Depilatory. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um
0: Depilatory and epilepsy. He somehow right. was
1: But what I mean, that's that's a fascinating word. I love the word, but it's also absolutely not a word that Don Gately would use.
0: Mm-hmm. That is very true.
4: That's Which right. leads me to question who the narrator is for this section,
3: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good point because it seems like a very all very personal Gately stuff, and yet that surely isn't him. Yeah, I also liked along with the cake mix metaphor. They were that just that talking about you know you do it, you go through the motions. Uh, it said somewhere near the end of that section that uh, the god thing really troubled gately and he he would ask his old uh, mentor the old crocodile what's his name ferocious francis like mm-hmm. uh, how could something he didn't even believe in help him and right ferocious francis suggested that if someone like gately could understand it the higher power then the higher prop power it probably wasn't going to be major enough to, to save him.
1: Gately still but, doesn't quite know why it helped, but it, somehow it helped when Ferocious Francis suggested that maybe anything minor league enough for Don Gately to mi- understand league, probably wasn't right. going to be major league major enough to save league. Gately's addled ass from the well-dressed right. sergeant-at-arms. Right. No, was it wasn't.
0: In other words, like, if you could understand it, then it wouldn't be enough to save you. Right. The only reason it can save you is because it's so big that you can't understand it. You idiot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. not, not you idiot, but us idiots could understand it then. The other really hilarious thing, especially after hearing the reading of the cake mix box, is that he's the cook at Ennett House. And he's so terrible and that it points out that the end note, I think, points out that he's never checked the directions
1: on the pasta right. box, so he right. cooks so he boils it, like, it for, for an, an hour. hour and it's just awful. It's <laughs> <That's> so upsetting. <laughs> it is, but it's also it's also like really sweet that he like he wears this chef's hat that was yeah. given to him as a joke that he hasn't gotten yet, uh-huh. and he spends yeah. a lot of time thinking about plating and like like yes. presentation.
0: He worries um, about are they going to like it. He, always, yeah. he like you know, he holds his breath like are they going to like it, and in fact, right. that's what keeps them. It keeps them from being critical. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't criticize him to his face for his cooking because he's so
3: right. He tries
0: painfully hard to cook, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. and
0: yet he never. Re- Why doesn't he read the directions on the <laughs> pasta box? But it says, doesn't it say that he didn't eat well as a kid? He just ate crap,
1: right? And so yeah. he never
0: learned what food and was like even sub, supposed to taste like. Subway sandwiches and stuff, right? He just never knew what, he never learned what food is supposed to taste like or be like.
1: Right. (laughs) He had never once eaten eaten broccoli or a pear until last year.
0: Right. Poor Don Gately.
1: Does anyone have anything they want to announce or to plug?
2: If you are interested in checking me out and my paintings, you can do that on Instagram. I'm at CardboardVV. Uh,
1: My website is agingrick.com. And I'm on Instagram at Coffee Stop Fix, where I'm posting some of my film photography developed in instant coffee.
4: And I'm still at briannakratz.com. Uh, go ride a bike this week if you have access to one.
1: Go ride a bike. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ride, ride a, a bike. Great idea. makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about pages 470 to 491. Our music is by David Nichols. You can listen to his podcast, The Land of Random, on Spotify. Thanks for listening. And to all you at home, hit, move, Travel lightly, occur, be here, not in bed or shower or over bacon steam in the mind. Be here in total is nothing else. Learn, try, drink your green juice. Perform the butterfly exercises on all eight of these courts, please, to warm down. Which is the best email address to reach you at? Is it uh, Delicious Pound Cake? Yeah, yeah, that would be the best one. Great. (laughs) sent
4: i love that email address so much.
1: <laughs> thank <laughs> you That's so
4: good i'm actually going to cry because of how much i love it
3: <laughs> oh thank you <laughs>